0: Welcome to the City Podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight is Sean. How are you, Sean?
1: Going well, yeah. It's still a uh, ball sticking to your leg, hot out here, and COVID restrictions are ramping up as we get more cases. Uh, that might sound like an echo to anyone that listened to our first attempt at a live broadcast five minutes ago.
0: It was interrupted by technical difficulties. Yeah, exactly. We're back. We've uh, had to restart it. So there's no live podcast this week due to technical difficulties. It's just the audio one here. So, Apologies to Paul and uh, Kevin, I think it was, who joined in before and was watching. Appreciate the support. So what we'll do before we uh, get stuck in, just the usual shout. If you're listening to the Celtic 10 Under podcast and you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app. You can also subscribe to the Celtic 10 Under podcast on U- on YouTube. So the first game that we've got to review is Celtic 2 St. Merrin 0. So we had goals scored by Cameron Carter-Vickers and Callum McGregor. 21 shots to six, 76% possession. We had 791 passes. They're 248, 88% pass accuracy and nine corners. What was your take on the game, Sean?
1: Yeah, it was a a bit of a bleary eyed watch for me. I got up at 3.45am to watch that one. Uh, And it wasn't the most entertaining game to keep me awake. Uh, One stat that stood out to me was that Carl Starfeld had uh, <clears throat> about 130 passes, while St Mirren as a team had 143, uh, and that pretty much summed up the the one-way traffic that the game was. Uh, we'd obviously not scored in the two games before, so it was starting to look a bit bleak in terms of uh, not being able to be creative or break down these low blocks or whatever without Jack and Marcus there. Uh, but we did get a breakthrough from a set piece, which is just sometimes what it needs. Um, something we've lacked this year. It's just that sort of game where a big centre back can go up and score the goal to make it one 0 And yeah, once we got that, it kind of opened opened us up a little bit, relaxes a little bit, and uh, we never really looked in doubt after that. It was just we felt the pressure. Well, as a f- spectator, I felt the pressure from the start when the Huns playing at the same time went one 0 up. So that kind of Made me nervous until we scored better relief at that point.
0: Yeah, for me it wasn't really in doubt. Like I didn't see us convert getting I didn't see us con- conceding a goal. Like they didn't really do much there to cause much of a threat. But yeah, that strike from Carter Vickers, What a finish. Like see us centre back's partnering up and Starfeld header in it down and then Carter Vickers, left foot, bang. All power, you see, strikers just absolutely sky that ball over the crossbar, so it was a good quality finish. Um, yeah, I think the the St. Mirren game 2 0 was kind of generous to St. Mirren, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, it was 2 0 going on five or six, to be honest with you. But oh well, three points in the bag that's the main thing. So, um, happy days.
1: It was very much a continuation of the prob- problem that we highlighted with uh Zamaeda last week, and that like he just when it's now now he just can't can't get in the game. Do you know what I mean like they're they're just going long, so he can't do the high press if the other team's just punting the ball, and if we're if they're doing a low block, we can't find space for him. Do you know what I mean like he's so nullified by that kind of us try to break down a team?
0: I'm gonna take what you said and use that as a segue into the next one, next game, Sean. Mm-hmm. Celtic three, Livingston one. one. you said Made, I can't find space when it's nil all, and he scores the first goal of the game. Well, from a set piece. No, well, to be fair. Yeah, no, I'm only being a yeah. smart ass you, mate. No, I was. Um, I see your point. I get it. It's sometimes you need that big battering ram up forward, especially when the team's playing a low block like Saint Mirren did. So, um, yeah, missed Jack and in that game, but Celtic three, Livy one. Overall, it was like 24 shots to six, seven on target, 72% possession. Passes, we had like 300 more than them. Overall, I was happy with that result for a few reasons. Named the podcast Magnificent Macaroni because we finally won at the Tony Macaroni for the first time in God knows how long. Um, Won on a plastic pitch. We won there. And... James Forrest on the score sheet for this season as well, which means it's the what is it the 13th straight season he scored now. So, yep. Happy days overall. Like, I actually thought that that game being 3 1, that was, as I said about St. Mirren, that was 3 1 going on 5 or 6 1. We could have absolutely pumped them. And I'm still saying it. We're going to batter a team soon. I'm going to say it till there's no games left to play. Mm-hmm. What was your take on the game, Sean?
1: Oh a few points on this. But um yeah, the what you were talking about, the Maeda goal. Um <clears throat> it was like like kinda of the reverse of what I said a minute ago. It's, if you get an early goal, it it kinda of opens the game up. Now I know we had you know, he already Maeda had already created a chance before that and uh, so that's you know one more than he'd created in, in the whole game against St. Mirren and won the penalty. Uh it would have been I felt I actually didn't think it was a penalty. But to be totally honest with you, I'm completely lost on the handball handball rule changing every year. Because uh, under the rule two years ago, that wasn't a handball, and I'm not entirely clear what it is now. And honest. then under
0: last year's ruling, it was 100% a handball. And then this year, it's ruling who the hell knows?
1: Yeah, exactly. I can't keep track anymore.
0: So, so his hand's away from his body in an unnatural position. That's usually what you got to look at. But then his hand was on the ground, wasn't it? So, well, two years ago, the rule
1: specifically said if you're using your hands to hold yourself up on the ground and, and it hits that hand, it's not a foul. It's not a penalty. But that was two years ago. I don't know if that's changed. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> that's where the confusion is.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I literally don't know. Like, I based on what I thought the handball rule was, I was like, yeah, that's not a penalty. Do you know what I mean? But like, let's be honest, the, the refs should know. And look they've been putting in some really shit performances this year. Uh, everyone agrees, but one thing we can also agree on is they're probably doing a better job than Aaron Ramsey, and he gets more money in one week than they get in five years. So levels, you know, yeah. it's all
0: relative. <laughs> Good point. With the uh, Livy game, what something that I saw afterwards, and it made me have a bit of a laugh, right, was mm-hmm. – the carry-on in the media, especially the BBC from all the Rangers loving fans. Oh, that ball was out of bounds for for one of our goals. Uh turn it up, mate. Turn it up. It may have been out of bounds. Yeah. It, I don't think it was. But at the end of the day, how many, you know, little mistakes go in your favor? If it was, something goes against us. You can see they're feeling the pressure. You know they need that 40 million to keep the lights on, and uh, you know there's only eight games to go in the league, and they're three behind us. So they've got to hope we drop points in probably at least three games when they yeah. win, so, because realistically they're three behind. So there's one, then they've got to get ahead, and then we've got goal difference. So mm-hmm. it's two or three games there that they've got to absolutely get the get the margin in. So. Yeah, the pressure's on and you can see it. Just you wait and uh watch the uh the outcry over the once the split happens, it's gonna be an absolute omni shambles, mate. Yeah, it's a big word for the week.
1: <laughs> but, but you're right, you're 100 percent spot on. They were raging and it's palpable and it's been like that for weeks now. Do you know what I mean? Like um they, they had like an all all Hun cast on sports, you didn't watch it, but um they had like three out of three, with all ex Rangers, uh slash Sevco and yeah, look, highlight, they didn't highlight the fact there was a foul in the build-up to their winning goal against Aberdeen. Um, uh, they didn't highlight that the Livingston player, who I forgot the name of, should have been sent off when he that just took out Tom Rogic when he was already on a yellow card. If that had been a Celtic player, it would have been uproar. Uh, didn't highlight that we should have got a penalty for a handball that wasn't given, even in the opposite of the one that was given. So... We deserve the penalty for a handball. We just didn't quite get the right one. You know, all, all of these things, like how many games, when, when we lost the hearts at the start of the season, nobody made a fuss about that, you know, for the offside goal that was onside, et cetera, et cetera. It's really just when we win, and um, uh, if we we're ahead of them, like if we were 10 points behind them, they wouldn't, nobody would not be saying
0: anything. You wouldn't even oh, hear it. Not a word. It's, it's selective memory. That's all it is. It's not fitting their narrative. So that's what the issue is.
1: Yeah, there's a, they're, yeah they're building they're losing and they're building a the narrative that it's not their fault like they can't accept that it's they've dropped points in I don't know how many like five games or whatever since since they came back, um yeah it's they've just been shit and look like, we were that game against Livingston we were great that's the best we've played uh, since Motherwell or was that before Rangers uh, before Sevco I can't remember by the way we've, in the last four or five games we've been tepid at best you know we've not been pressing with intensity we've not been attacking with flair uh we've not been physical and i thought having beton and Rogic in the middle kind of made a lot of difference like as i mentioned with some teams are kind of trying to go long and having beton with a bit of aerial control in the middle helped and people underestimate when tom Rogic is in the mood like how he can just stand a man up, like, shoulder to shoulder and bring that ball out there. Like, it really makes a difference. Like, when Tom, Tom Rogic gets involved in a physical battle, that's when he really shines. And he was really good again at the weekend as well. I know he didn't get an assist or a goal, but I thought he was great. Uh, bit on and Rogic. And Calmak as well.
0: But those, the three midfields were great. Well, we're, while we're talking about players who performed well over the last couple of games there, I want to say the man of the match in both games for me was Carl Starfelt.
1: <laughs> I can see you the look in your face before you said that. Like, I'm going to bait Sean here. Um,
0: that's <laughs> the funny actually, thing is I was actually going to name the podcast Starfelt can play Sean. That's what I was going to originally <laughs> name it, but I thought no, nah, that's a bit too you know passive aggressive there.
1: Too on the nose. Uh, no, I actually thought uh, against St. Marin, I thought Carter Vickers' man of the match, but I thought Starfelt was right in there, uh, and I also thought Starfelt was great against Livingston as well. Um, I mean, he did make, <laughs> I think he made one. Uh,
0: mistake one, one mistake but, early on, but then he didn't let it affect him.
1: Yeah, and look, he's definitely improved, and I'm still not happy. I still think we can do better, but I th- he's been pretty good. And this is the thing like, we had these same conversations in October, November, where we said he was so much better. We were said, Why did anyone ever doubt him? And then he turns out in the League Cup, and Kevin Nisbet absolutely rinses him. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I'm happy. Like, and I also said a couple of weeks ago, I don't want to drop him. So. I'm, do I mean like I'm all I'm yeah, saying no, is I'm stirring you here because you yeah, know what yeah. we've had
0: these exact same conversations. So if you go back two seasons, we had the yeah. same conversations about Boyata. Mm-hmm. We had the same conversations about Duffy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and now we're having the same conversations about Starfelt. It's like we need a whipping boy in the back line. So Maybe. <laughs> the only reason I'm the only reason I'm saying and I'm bringing him up is just to stir you up, mate. But yeah, I thought I actually yeah. thought he was one of our best in both games. So I want to give him a pat on the back there.
1: Yeah, uh, maybe we, we also, need two Carter Vickers. If we can get two car, if we can split Carter Vickers into Carter and Vickers and play them left and right, that'd be fine, right?
0: We'd need, we'd need to check though because you know you don't want to be halving the skill. <laughs> <Fair>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you got a couple other players you wanted to touch on as well, in James Forrest and Joe Hart.
1: Yeah, James Forrest, man. Yeah, he was he's been talked about a lot in the build up to the game. Uh, everyone myself included, thought was impressed when he came on against St Marin. and we, And even when it happened, like, I couldn't quite figure out why. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was like, there was one where, like in the St Marin game, where, like, the ball's coming over the top and he just kind of, uh, like, uses his body to just shield the ball coming out of the sky. And it's like, would he have done that normally? And then there's one where he just hits the byline and a couple of... They finished against Livingston. He's just, I don't know. It wasn't like he was doing anything mad complicated, but he just seemed to have a bit of confidence or determination. Maybe even it was just confidence in his own body not breaking down or something like that. I don't know. But when he went down with... When he rolled his ankle, I was like, oh, here we go again. But no, he he, he ran it off. And yeah, he was really, really effective. Like, better than... Like, Better than Abad has been in the last couple of games. And it's funny how we've kind of flipped on that one. Because, like, at the start of the season, we're like, oh, Abad is amazing. And then maybe two months in, we're like, right, he's lost form. Get him out. Where's Forrest? We need Forrest back in the team. And then, and then it flipped again. We're like, hey. We're
0: fickle
1: I mean, it keeps flipping, you know, and, and they're coming in and off form. So, like, both of them. The,
0: the thing is, though, it's good, though, because I remember when we had. Under Rogers, we had Forrest. We had Paddy Roberts. And it was like when one's on form, the other one's on the bench. And then they just kept uh, swapping and flipping them around like that. I just made up a word. Happy days. Mm -hmm. But it's like we've had that before. So I actually don't mind it. Like we've got options. It's a good thing. But the thing for James Forrest is I think he just simplified his game. That's Mm -hmm. what it looks like to me. doesn't look like he's doing anything special. He's just getting a run of games. He's getting some match fitness, getting some – belief in his body and he's doing the basics and that's all you need and go back to the St. Mirren game for a second there was I love the fact that And brought on Forrest he brought on Rogic he brought on Biton. brought on ex- three of our most experienced five players and shored things up so there were some good subs there as well and it's good to see that you know some of the old boys that we've got are still putting some work in it's good I'm happy with that
1: the other thing that was interesting about that Forest goal, the third goal, was like it was. We talked about it. I think I can't remember. Was it last week, two weeks ago? Whenever we talked about the Bodo Ganto away game, and we were saying how like when they got a chance, where they throwing throwing goal because our defense is on the halfway line, and it just so happened that that goal, like the Livingston defense was really high, and it, you see what happens. Like we were talking about Maeda being on the end of them, but it, it turned out it was Forest for this one. So like that's what we can do if somebody's not doing a low block against us um, we have that quality we have that one where Jota can ping the pass the length of the field onto Kyogo and score the goal of the group stage sort of thing Like, but we need to sometimes we just need Jack and Makis in there because there's 20 bodies in the box and we need someone hefting themselves about you know
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you on that we've got a yeah. few guys that can ping a long ball so it's good like Bitton's yeah. got a good long ball in him um, Max got one. You got horrendous. the guys that, on, that can hit him, so there's plenty of options there. Hitade can shot, because not can hit him. Mm-hmm. So, I got a question for you. What are you thinking yep. of Gucci the more we see him?
1: Yeah, well, again, I still don't think I've seen enough. Like, it's just so fleeting. Like, I'd like to, I really struggle to judge in such uh, like passing moments. Um, like, I love his determination and effort. I'm not gonna give him any uh, I'm, I'm only giving positive ups for that one but um I just like to see a chance to get see his quality more so than just his work rate and effort you know
0: yeah same got, yeah like, you see, I'm hearing people on like it's people on Twitter sending things and people on other pods saying oh Gucci's been good so far and I'm like yeah I'd agree with what we've seen but it's a very small sample size but mm-hmm. I'm not going to be critical of him but he's doing better than Sorrow whenever Sorrow went on so it's an upgrade
1: mm-hmm. well I mean we, we maybe I'm not sure like if you think back to when Sorrow a year and a half ago first broke in to the team and like everyone was like oh quick sign him up before Tottenham take him away and stuff like that do you know what I mean so it
0: should have cashed him taking a check if there was one
1: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so I mean he must be better than Sorrow must be better than McCarthy
0: bring back, bring back a buoy
1: I mean, if if Postecoglou yeah, if Postecoglou thinks that Gucci's better than James McCarthy and Soto then he That's can't good enough be for bad. Me. Yeah, exactly. He can't be bad, can he? Or he, if he's better than those two, you know, yeah, yeah maybe 100%. maybe we need to think about moving those two on.
0: Yeah, there's going to be a bit of turnover in the off season, so I think we might because it's. It's no game from the weekend to review. I think we might have to do that next week. Go through um, next week's pod. We'll go through our run-in form for the rest of the season and the league run-in and actually go through the squad as well and say where we're at now. Well, what do you reckon we should do? I reckon, I reckon we'll do that next week. Mm-hmm. So tune in for that, everyone. Um, it's usually around 9, a, 9 a.m you know UK time when we go live hopefully it works next week and we can get that discussion going on our Twitter Facebook and YouTube channel so some other news around the Celtic scene here we've got Scott Brown has left Aberdeen so I had a question for you Sean should he return to Celtic in a coaching role
1: Oh, a hundred percent, like 110%. Uh, when, when I seen that you'd add that to the run sheet, I went to just go on the Celtic website to just kind of check what our uh, coaching staff looks like. And I wasn't like looking for anything in particular, just thinking like, well, Postacoglu has said a hundred times that once he gets this, the first team squad sorted, he's going to start looking at the background structure. So I'm not necessarily looking to see what vacancies there, uh, more just, you know, where could one be created? Uh, And we've got, you know, we've got John Kennedy as assistant and there's two first team coaches and McManus and Strachan and Stevie Woods is the goalkeeping coach. And that's it for the first team. So I don't know um, if we should be, I don't know if we need to add to that or not. By the way, there's a current vacancy advertised full time for under 18s coach that requires someone with a pro license. I'm not actually sure if Scott Brown has a pro license or not. But we actually do have quite a lot of coaches at the academy level. Um, I'm not going to go through them all, uh, but there's five plus... Oh, God, there's about 20-something here, 20-plus. Uh, and it's all like the juniors and intermediate, um, B team, all of that. Um, yeah, so I, I think under 18. That's kind of where John Kennedy started, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so. So,
1: I, I mean... Is it a would it be insulting to Scott Brown to go from an assistant manager at Aberdeen to under eighteens at Celtic?
0: Doesn't Well he was being linked to the St. Mirren job, so you gotta it's gonna be tough. Like what's his what's he gonna want? That's the real question here. Like for me looking at it going, would he wanna come back and go into the academy at the eighteen role? Or is he gonna wanna try the old uh, Barcelona, Pep Guardiola, Lewis and sort of route? and try and take over the Colts when they come in, if they come in full-time as of next year. And then Tommy McIntyre can go back to the 18s or or still be the manager and Bruni's assisting him or whatever. I don't know. I'm just throwing random ideas out there. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I, I suppose it's a watch-his-space sort of thing here. But, yeah, for me, I'd love to have Bruni back at Celtic. He's such a club icon. And, yeah, mm-hmm. if you, if he's interested in coming back, then... Happy days.
1: I mean, I'm guessing the under 18s coach is going to be linked to the B team in some way because I'm just looking at the B team structure there and it's got uh, manager, goalkeeping coach, and general coach, which is Darren O'Day. So maybe there is room for another coach in the B team. Uh, or if it's 18s, then it's maybe it's going to be linked. I'm not yeah, really sure because I'm sure, I mean, a lot of the players in the B team are under 18s. So I'm not, there must be some sort of overlap there. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to have him just even, like, who knows how good a coach he is, but we we do know he was a really good professional, uh, certainly after the age of 30. And uh, if something, if that's something he can impart onto young players, like he did with Kieran Tierney, then that's worth millions, you know? Uh, yeah, and exactly. I, I get it. I get it if he wants to go and try his hand at, you know, Doing what Paul Hartley did, you know, going doing what uh I can't think of any other Celtic players that are doing it right now. Um, like Barry Ferguson, for example, what they do, which is just go to a lower division team as a manager and work your way up. Okay, maybe. Uh how many coaches
0: really make it to Celtic doing that? Like And the elephant in the room that I've also heard linked during the week is he could be potentially joining up with a former manager of ours and it's not who you think. It's not Neil Lennon? So the, that Neil Lennon being announced as a manager of AC Nicosia in Cyprus. That's our next thing we we're gonna quickly talk about. Okay. But that's the link every like a lot of people are talking about. The article I read has him linked with Brendan Rogers down at Leicester. Ah. Oh. Then
1: what? It's not what? it's not a i seen Lee Congerton's moved on from Leicester to, is it Atalanta? That was an interesting uh, yeah, one. Yeah,
0: stock standard, Congerton.
1: Yeah. Um, I just I
0: went down a rabbit hole, and next thing I know, I've come across that story. So I have no idea where the source is from. I've no no idea where it come from. But yeah, it was one of those ones, you know, the clickbait ones. You click yeah. on the story, and then there's another link inside, and there's another link inside that. That's where it was. Yeah, probably just pure clickbait, right? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. But yeah, no, it, oh man, it'd be great to have him back. Uh, I'd love to have Damien Duff back as well, but I don't see that happening. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's not just about like whether you can come up with good coaching drills. It can be about other things as well, you know, like giving the kids crap because they, they're five minutes late or because they haven't got the right uh, gear or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like just raising professional standards and, and not just caring about whether you can pass a ball square or not, you know? Yeah,
0: giving him, giving him shit for wearing a jacket, you know, because yeah. it's like, cause minus four outside. So what? Short sleeve shirts, off you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to. Like, I, I th- don't think anyone with uh, any Celtic fan would deny how much influence Scott Brown had in Kieran Tierney, and look where he's gone. Do you know what I mean? Then like, with Kieran Drew. Tierney just. Yeah, I mean, luckily Tierney didn't mean Tierney didn't meet Scott Brown when Scott Brown was 25, otherwise it might have been a different outcome, but the fact that he met him when he was 29, 30 and just copied what he was doing at that point is like, just propelled him to, as you say, a star, a global star, you know? And if we can get that for just even one player, Ben Doak, or for you know, uh, Dane Murray, or whoever else, you know, Adam Brooks, whatever, like, just Cool in that man. Vata. There, yeah, yeah, exactly. Rockovata, like, yeah, that's
0: the sort that's, of guy that's... that you'd love to go. Okay, be a mentor to someone,
1: mm-hmm. because
0: at the end of the day, for me, I'll look at it and go, if he comes in, and he's around those young kids coming through, they're going to learn the standards, they're going to learn the professionalism, the game to have a long career, and even if they don't make the, make the grade at Celtic, it's going to set them up long term, and any move they make in the future. We're going to get a percentage out as the club that developed them. So, mm. from a business perspective, from the club, it's great. From a football perspective, even better. So, if it can, if it can happen, off we go.
1: You also can't underestimate the gravitas of just like having a former pro in there. Like, um, I, I won a competition when I was young to go do like a day of coaching and training with the Celtic coaches, and. Yeah, like I knew them all as Celtic coaches, but the one there was one that was uh, he's still at Celtic and actually Mark McNally. And I was like straight up to him, kind of like, Oh, Mark, what was it like playing in the 1995 Cup final? And you know, the stuff like that. And I didn't really have anything else to say to any of the other coaches, you know, like uh, so like being able to just even share those stories for kids to aspire to is also going to be good as well, you know.
0: Yeah, it automatically puts him on puts those sort of people on a pedestal, like what you're saying. I remember. When I was a young kid playing basketball, and we had this guy come and play for my local club over here, where I live, where I grew up, and he ended up—he was, he was an Australian national player, and I was just like, I'm like seven, eight years old, looking at him going, "Wow!" And it's yeah. like you follow him to this day, like he's coaching college basketball in the states now, and to me, I still keep an eye on it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I get what you mean. It's like if he was to come in, yeah, Bruni, If I met him, I'd be like. I'd be giving him a cuddle. Seriously, i would be like, love you for everything you've done for the club, blah, blah, and I'd want to give him a hug and shake his hand and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, it's like, can you imagine being a 12, 14, 16-year-old coming through the academy knowing, oh, if I if I play well and do the right thing, I'm a chance of playing for Bruni in the under-18s mm-hmm. or in the Colts? Yeah, that, that- 100%. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a thing to keep some of those guys who pissed off the Bayern. You'd be like, that's do it. you want to want to go to Bayern and go through their process or do you want to go to the Scott Brown Academy at Celtic and learn how to be a professional?
1: That, that's, you're exactly, yeah, I've totally followed your train of thought right up to that point there. Like, we can't follow, we can't compete with the facilities of Bayern Munich and Liverpool, but, like, if we've got Celtic supporting teenagers coming through, that playing with, uh, training with Scott Brown, that's, like... I mean, that's their idol,
0: surely. I don't know, I, unless I'm misreading the room. It worked over at Rangers in the, that regard, even though he wasn't one of their players. It worked over there with um, Patterson coming through, playing for Gerrard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had office, he had offers
0: to leave two or three times before he actually did, but he wanted to stay and, you know, be, be managed by Stevie G. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you can't overlook that.
1: Mm-hmm that's probably why these these players walk into jobs like St Mirren, whereas like someone like Jack Ross has to go down to like Aloha and do a good job first you know like they don't yep. have that playing reputation
0: well Brendan Rodgers has to go and manage at reading and a few mm-hmm. other ones and that and then end up in youth Academy at Chelsea before even getting a chance at Swansea yep that's the way it is that and Mourinho had to go be a translator at Barcelona before he could get a job, mm-hmm. things like that. So, um, yeah, who knows, watch his space, but hopefully he comes back to the club in some sort of capacity.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed.
0: Now, what's your take? We're seeing a, bash, a bunch of Neil Lennon bashing on Twitter when he was announced at AC Nicosia. For me, anyone bashing Neil Lennon on there, put you... Stop being a keyboard warrior. We had one bad season last year. I know I gave him a belting. Personally, I don't really care what he does once he's, once he leaves Celtic, whatever. I don't really keep a close eye on it. But the guy gave so much to us as a player and then as a manager with his first stint and then even his second last season when we won over in Lazio. He did a lot at the club. Yeah, things didn't go away in the 10-0 season. Revisionist history and all that, he was not the worst thing for us. But I'm looking at it going, he's been he's copping the old uh, Ali McCoy sort of treatment. And yeah, like I don't think it's it's fair on the guy to realistically, he gets a job, he's got a, in another country, he doesn't speak the language, and next thing you know, we are just our fans are just bombarding their announcement, just absolutely bagging it out. Like, come on. What's your thoughts on it, Sean?
1: Well, if, if uh, someone, like if Celtic were bringing someone in with a track record in, say, Belgium that matched Neil Lennon's fans, it'd be like, you know, it makes sense. Like, it's he's got a great track record. And, and that's what you're doing when you're hiring a coach. You're not hiring someone, like... If your team like Omino, Omini and Nacassia, you're not, like, poaching a player that's a coach that's currently managing, you know, Watford or whatever. You're not going to out compete financially you're going to take someone that's you know a free agent and Lennon's got a record It's a bit of a surprise for me given considering the language thing that that is a, bit of a surprise to me um but you know it's it's, it's probably good for him cuz I think he was overlooked what, uh, for the Sunderland job recently uh, i don't know if he wanted it or not but he was saying I didn't get it and there
0: was Sorry? another one as well there was another one as well in
1: the uh, late, late in yeah, uh, Late and Orient. I don't know if he was actually interested in that one or not, because that one would have been quite a drop. But um yeah, um look when you're yeah, if you can if you can go and build his reputation, that's all it takes is one good job on doing one good job with and if you're already if you're taking over a team that's champions or certainly compete for to be champions every year, um you could do worse, you know, than rebuild your reputation that way and you'll be away from the the kind of bigotry and media scrutiny that he gets here. It's good for him. Uh, Ali, Ali McCoist came out and was saying like, oh, we need to get someone new for our game of six of sides on a Friday night now. I didn't know about that. I didn't know that Ali McCoy and Neil Lennon were friends outside of media now. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah. look, I'm happy for him. I hope he does well. Uh, like genuinely. And uh, can you imagine if we got them in the Champions League? That'd be great. <laughs>
0: I was looking at it going, I thought his next move is after what happened in English lower leagues. I thought he'll probably end up in the MLS or down in Australia, not Mm -hmm. in Cyprus. Now, my one concern for him is he's going to need a lot of sunblock in Cyprus. That's all I have to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, and it's not I mean I'm saying he'll be free from the bigotry, but he's certainly not going to be free from conflict because Cyprus is like one of the most conflicted nations in the world between Greece and Turkey. So yep. hopefully they don't get caught up in that. But yeah, um yeah, it's it's good for him, you know. Like uh I'd be even better if they drew Rangers actually, Sevco in the Champions League qualifiers, I'm sure that'd be nice as
0: well. That'd be perfect.
1: Cause he wouldn't be allowed in um, to Ibrooks because you know he's a security risk. <laughs> So I wonder what they'd have to say to Yefa about that one.
0: Oh yeah, good luck with that. Yeah,
1: but no, I, but we, did, we we did talk about this last year, and we said at the time we all agreed that he had to go. We were, all, you know, everyone's switching point was somewhere between September and November, and we all by November we all agreed he should have been gone. He hung around till February, and we were all pissed off that he hung around.
0: And, and that's what the issue was.
1: Yeah, and look, Desmond was. Uh, being stubborn and just going against the fans. Lennon had some sort of unimaginable blind faith in himself and also a very understandable uh, loyalty to the club that he loves more than anything else. And these things just conflated in a way that they just couldn't see what was the right action. And you, I, John, Liam, we all said at the time, uh, once some time passes he'll be welcome back and he'll be a hero uh, whether enough time has passed or not yet yeah, probably not but I'd say there's a lot of people like myself who would still buy him a drink and shake his hand if we've seen him right now you know so uh, I hope he does well
0: it's Spot on what you're saying about time heals all, all wounds on that regard because like you said Brendan Rodgers came up earlier in the year and it's nowhere near as bad as it would have been two, mm-hmm. two three seasons ago so if he's starting to get to that point, give give Lenny two three seasons and yeah, I think a lot of this will be in the past.
1: I, I'm not I'm not sure about the specifics on Billy McNeil. I think he left once and was sacked once, but anyway, he's got a statue out front, so you know, like these things, you know, they get forgotten about. Your your glory is remembered.
0: Fergus needs his uh, his statue first before anyone else, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and he was booed. And look, find only one man. person who would boo him now.
0: Yeah, not gonna find one here. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So, last topic before we preview our our cup game next next Monday over there. But, seen some articles. The Celtic blog had a post up, right? And I've seen um axon paul over there has discussed this as well and put up a post in their facebook group and everything so i want to get your your take on this sean It's mm-hmm. a bit controversial we don't really want to talk about the war right That's going on in ukraine we want to keep politics out of this podcast as much as possible the only reason i'm bringing it up is the topic that we're seeing is people are asking with the war ongoing Ukraine and all non-Russian players are po- possibly being able to cancel their contracts and leave their clubs in Russia. Should Celtic be looking to exploit and try and sign some players there on the cheap or on freeze? The f- first player that's been linked to us is Jordan Larson and then there's also three or four not non-Russian left backs there as well. So yeah. is this something that you think we should be looking at or is this something that you think we shouldn't be?
1: Well, first of all, we're outside their transfer window, so it wouldn't be until um, July. So it would be it'd be with a view to the second half of the year. Uh, and, you know, like things would be quite different, could, well, sorry, may or may not be quite different by that point. Um, you would assume that they will be. Um I First think thing it's I'll not, just jump in there, Sean. Yeah, is
0: that UEFA, yeah. Uefa have said that they're not that players will be able to be registered outside of the window if need be. Did they Oh, that's what I, I've read that on one of the articles. I think it was in Axon or something. Someone linked to it. Okay. So on their post, so if that's a possibility, then you could potentially get and walks out of his club tomorrow and then walk into us tomorrow, like on Friday or something. And the next thing you know, he's able to play for us. So if that's the case, it's worth looking at. Even if it's not the case, then you could still look at it and go, all right, well, if we're going to sell a Yeti in the off-season, it's bringing him in anyway now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but, I'd actually, I'd read a different article that was used a bit different language where it was more like they were talking about suspending contracts rather than ripping them up and stuff. Anyway, the, to, to engage in your hypothetical exercise, you know, say these players are available now did we bring them in. Um, I'm not sure. It feels like how many I mean how many games have we got left? We've got eight league games, like, potentially uh, two cup games. I think no. Nah. I I would only be doing it if it was to try and bed someone into the squads with a view to June, July. And I don't know. It feels like it could get messy legally, you know, like Russia are appealing against their suspension from football. And uh, I feel like it could go down that kind of mire. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say no. I don't think we need the distraction, to be honest. Um, and the only way I would think about doing it is ahead of next season's squad building. Uh, so,
0: so, yeah,
1: I'm, I'm leaning towards no. I don't think anyone that comes in now is going to play a significant role between now and the end of the season.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm on the same view. I think it's, I don't want to be t- seen to be taken advantage and of of bad situation. But if you're able to get the players in safe, Jordan Larson became a free agent. Let's just go with him. He's been linked with Dortmund in the past. He's been linked with clubs in Italy, Holland, Spain. He'll probably be linked with teams in England. And then there's at his heartstrings, Celtic. We can come in and put an offer. What we offer is going to be nothing compared to what those other guys could offer him. Yeah. So it's going to come down to, for him in particular, it's going to come down to, do I want to go and play at Celtic? At the club where my dad was an absolute superstar, and if he does, and he wants to do that, and he wants to sign the contract, fine. But for next season, if he wants to come in and start training with the squad and all that, the rest of this season, so he's hitting the ground running for next season, fine. But I don't feel comfortable bringing someone in at this point right now.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: However, on the flip side, you've got people saying, "Well, what if it was your player already, and he's coming back from injury?" Different story because that player would understand how we play, what the requirements are, yeah. physically being fit enough to play the, st- the standard and the pressing game that Ange wants. Larson doesn't have that. So yeah. I think that whole point is irrelevant. Um, if there's any left backs there that could be signed, you've got time to look at them, bring them in for next season as well. Look, I don't want to take advantage of it. I hope this war ends straight away tomorrow. Ideally, it'll be perfect, and everyone can get back to how life was as best possible. Mm-hmm. However, if this is an option, if we don't look at it, you know, across town, Rangers will be looking at it. Mm-hmm. Everyone else will be looking at it. It'll be a a free a feeding frenzy, yeah. and it's just going to take one club to be the first one to make that move and sign someone, and then everyone's going to be like, all bets are off.
1: That's true.
0: Yeah. So. I don't know. To me, it doesn't feel right, but at the same time, I can understand what you are saying, Sean, about if it goes to okay, so arbitration for sport and say so Larson makes his move, they paid, what, 15, 15 million pounds for him, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it's told that nah, he should be back there, but he's on contract with us now. Does that mean we have to? Re- we're going to be forced to reimburse the 15 million they spent on him?
1: Possibly, yeah. And now well, we we're going to have that money
0: to do that. Who knows? So that's yeah. a whole nother can of worms there as well. But I just wanted to ask you about that one because I'm like, I was hoping Liam was on so we could discuss this as well, but we'd probably still be talking about this in 20 minutes because, you know, <laughs> politics in Ukraine, which is one of Liam's favorite, favorite ones to talk about. So um,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: It's um, it's an interesting it, one though. I just, I'd love to get everyone listening. Just send us a message on Twitter at Celtic Down. Let us know your thoughts on this. Get on the um, wherever you see this in the comments. Just whether it's on Facebook, on Twitter, in our YouTube comments, whatever. Just jump on. Let us know your opinion on this because I just wouldn't mind finding out what the what the Celtic fan base thinks about this. What what, what maybe purely, purely on the whole player thing not on the political side and the war and all that sort of stuff. I don't need to know that. I pretty much know what the fan base thinks about that. But what are you yeah. gonna say- I was
1: going to say what might uh, pass moral standards and, and also not step into those kind of disputed territories of financial and legal boundaries might be if we offer, say, 10 to 12 players from that area some place to live and train and join in with bounce games at Lennox Town for a month or two. Uh, You know, we won't be paying them. We're just, other than paying their accommodation and food. And, you know, Celtic squad likes to play competitive training games. And we also get a free look at some players that may be free agents or available transfers in the near
0: future. It's a potential idea. And while we're talking about the whole Russia situation, I got another question for you. Should Zelda call golly? Because we just loaned him to a club in Russia. What's your thoughts?
1: I mean, they'll probably they might they might have had a look at him for a week of training and been like and take that as a free pass and get rid of him. Um Oh God. I mean the whole point was to give him game time and put him in the shop window, wasn't it?
0: Um exactly now yeah, that's not happening.
1: It's a nightmare. What what
0: scouts going to go into Russia when there's a war going on, and what football (laughs) is going to be played there?
1: I mean, where's he going to end up? He's going to end up back in Turkey or Belgium, right? Like it's going to be Belgium. It's going to be back in Belgium for a third of the price we pay them if that.
0: Like whoever we sell him to, slap a massive salon fee onto him.
1: Well, yeah, but also, don't see us getting much return on that. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's been found out. I think he hit his ceiling uh, when he came here. And yeah, I think he's most likely the place he's going to end up back on is back in Belgium on a discount or discount or around anyway.
0: They'll find him in the bargain, bin. someone will. Yeah. All right. So we'll jump on to our last topic for today. Our next game is on Monday night over in Scotland. On Tuesday morning, our time. So it's a three forty-five a.m. wake up for you, Sean, and a six forty-five for me over here. Or kickoff, mm-hmm. Dundee United versus Celtic in the Scottish Cup quarter final. What are you thinking is going to happen in there in terms of starting lineup, score prediction?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think starting lineup will be a bit different from. Um, the Livingston game we just had I think a lot of that was built around getting height on, into the team uh, th- Juranovic will be back in for example I could see actually, I think Maeda might keep his place and Jack and Maccus will be on the bench midfield I could see one change for the sake of rotation and I'm not a bad uh, I'd be tempted to leave Forrest in you know, a bad as a young guy. And Forrest has got a couple of targets to hit before the end of the season. I heard he's on ninety-six goals and ninety-six assists for his career. So if he can hit a ton in one of those in the next eleven games, that'd be nice. Uh, yeah, exactly. And he's gonna be I'm sure he'll be motivated to do both. Uh he probably have those targets in his mind. Uh so yeah, I can see three changes maybe. Um, and I'm also excited for I will get up at three forty-five. Um Thanks, Police Scotland, for not allowing that game to be on a Saturday. Appreciate that. Uh, so I will get up at 3.45 on Tuesday morning before work. And I'm actually expecting it to be a more open game than it would be if it was a league game because there's no points for a draw here. Uh, so I actually think Dundee United. Even if they try and keep it tight for a while, they're going to have to open up at some point. Uh, do We We don't do replays at quarterfinal, do we? Uh uh, because they, they changed that when when Covid hit they have scrapped all replays and I can't remember if they brought them back I think it's still scrapped isn't it I'd need to check the previous rounds but um, so yeah it's either unless they're planning to play for penalties I don't think they're going to do that I don't think they'll expect to go 120 minutes um, without conceding a goal uh, yeah and I look I'm concerned as well the set pieces were conceding but we've got a whole week off between the games, so hopefully we can be really focused on working on those set pieces, Uh because Dundee United have scored a few from set pieces this year and we are conceding them left, right and centre at the moment uh, so yeah, I'm expecting a more open game expecting a few changes uh, I'm expecting them to be a threat set piece, but I'm also expecting us to have some very uh, we'll, we'll definitely score, put it that way Um I'm going to say we'll 1 2 1, but we'll be 2 0 up when they score, and we'll just be a nervy finish.
0: Fair enough. Well, my lineup will keep hard in goal. Back line will be scales at left back. We're going to have Starfeld and Julian with Juranovic. And then we're gonna have the midfield of Rogic, Biton, and Hatate. Kalmac will be on the bench. And up front will be Albion Yeti. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we got you, Julian
1: uh, into the team and Calmack on the bench. What's going on here?
0: Scales in and yeah, no, I'm actually serious about that back line though. I think All it's right. a good opportunity to give Julian a game. It's not on plastic, either. it's you play him for an hour and then bring him off or whatever. It's a good opportunity for it. And the midfield, I'm serious. I think, you know, it'll either be Biton or Calmax starting. And then up front, you'll have um, Maeda. Out left, you'll probably have... I think we'll have Forrest out left. Jota will get a bit of a breather. And out right, we will have... Uh, Either a barter or Karimoko. So I
1: mean, it'll
0: be an interesting one. Still enough talent there to win the game. And you're, we're going to win it. We're going to win it 6 1.
1: And it sounds like you're saying our, B, our backups are going to win this 6 1. We... Yep.
0: Apes. <laughs> no, nah, I'm joking. It'll, if we go with that lineup, it'll be probably 2 1, like you're saying. If we go with our normal full strength lineup, this could be the game where we absolutely belt someone. Get that first goal. <laughs> And then they have to come and attack, stay in the tie, and then whack, 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 you're up 4-0 at half time.
1: Yeah. We bring it, then bring on some quality subs that are fresh legs.
0: And then and off then. you go again. Yeah. You've had a full week of got... training, no midweek game. You get yeah. out there, you get the job done early, press the living shit out of them, and then make some early subs and off you go again. And keep the pressure up and get 45 minutes to an hour into most players and you're laughing.
1: And if we've got uh We've got a game before the international break as well. Ross County, is that right? As in, like, if, in terms of squad rotation and things, do we have? Yeah, or, we have got
0: Ross County on the twentieth, and then the national break, and then we yeah. play that mob at Ibrox. Come, that's bizarre.
1: They, they used to always make them before the international breaks, but anyway, that's the thing now, apparently. Um, but yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. I think it's going to either be depends on how line up. If we go with the rotating guys 2 1, if we go with the full strength, we're going to batter them. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Come on, Celtic. Let's get this get, return to Hamden with another win.
1: I, I don't want to use the, the, the word that begins with T and, and reigns with Rebel. Um, but if you want to have that, and it's not something we've mentioned yet. And if if that's something you want, then you need this. So we need to treat it as a cup final uh, or three cup finals. And look, the the reason why we're not saying that word is because the much more important part of that triumvirate it's uh, is the yeah. And look, ask any Celtic fan right now, uh, sacrifice the cup to get the league. <sighs> Fine, sure, <laughs> you can have your cup. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like. Uh, We want that league, Uh, and that's why.
0: This way, I'm sure there's some salty dar's out there who would sacrifice their left nut for doing this league this year. So,
1: yeah, exactly. And nobody's going to start thinking about it as something they want until the league is won, and that's when we start thinking about it. And you know, like I know we chucked away Europe. This is a bit different because the standards not as high. So as you say, a B team probably could take it through. But also the fact that we're not got midweek games means it really should be our sole focus for the week and we should be giving it the treatment of a game that's just as important as any league game. And I think yeah, we will. Yeah. And I think we'll get to the semi. And then who's in the semi? Is it is Motherwell it's Sunday? Sevco, Dundee, Motherwell, Hibbs? I can't remember the other two.
0: don't oh, man. I'm not wearing uh, it. One game at a time, Sean. use a cliche.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it's a Hamden game anyway, so... yeah, Yeah. So we always do okay at Hamden.
0: All right, so what we'll do is we'll leave that there. We'll start winding up the podcast here. So just, if you haven't done so, on your Facebook, please join our Facebook group and like our, our page on Instagram and Twitter, it's at Celtic Down. You can give them a follow. Celtic Down Under on your favourite podcast app and on our YouTube channel. You can go and subscribe to them, it'll be great. And then we've got our website, com, which has got some articles coming up now. Um other than that, Sean, I'll throw to you for your final thought.
1: Yeah, it's uh my mom's birthday's coming up soon, so uh I got her a fridge for her birthday. Can't wait to see her face light up when she opens it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was going to go with a serious thing to uh, just everyone kind of up in um, up north of Australia with um, in the floods that they've got in Queensland and New South Wales to uh, stay safe, stay dry, and make sure you've got your floaties on when you go outside.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. John, stay safe. John wasn't on the pod tonight because he was going to, but his unit's lost power, so he's in the dark at the moment. So enjoy being a mushroom, Johnny Boy.
1: Yeah, take it easy, All guys. Right. How, how? How, how?